What's up, everybody? It's episode three. Third time's the charm. Let's see if this is going to be the best one yet. Who knows? I still haven't actually looked to see how well this podcast is performing, so I don't think I'll ever know if the third time is the charm here. Anyway, I am your host, TF Starfire, and... In keeping with the sort of direction that the uh, first episodes have been, um, they've all been sort of introductory episodes. Um, Episode one was my introduction to the franchise. Episode two was my introduction to collecting, basically, and then where um, how my collecting has evolved and where it's going. And so I think episode three is going to be about the other portion, um, uh, the, uh, the other side of this hobby that I enjoy, and that is the photography aspect of it. So I think this episode is going to be basically uh, my introduction into photography in general and into specifically toy photography. Before I get started, though, I do want to clarify something. Um, If you're following me on Twitter already at TF underscore Starfire, then um, as of as of this episode being live, it will have been a week since I was having issues with my camera. Um, what I want to clarify those issues because I didn't really go into much detail about it, but basically what's been happening is beginning back around Halloween, a friend and I were doing a Halloween-themed portrait shoot for a, a, an old classmate of ours, and at the end of the shoot, my LCD screen on the camera locked up and I, it would just, it was black and I lost all access to the camera's menus and I couldn't change any settings at all. This is something that it, it started to happen sort of infrequently ever since then. Um, essentially whenever the camera decides to do this, the LCD screen locks up in whatever, mode it's in. So if I'm just shooting through the viewfinder, um, like I do when I'm doing, uh, nature shots, then the view, the, the LCD screen is just stuck on a black screen. And when it does that, I can't pull up any menus or anything like that. And I can't, I can't change any settings. Um, for instance, I have changed it on my camera so that the flash button, instead of raising my flash, actually changes my ISO settings. And when the camera starts doing this, I can't even change my ISO settings with that button. It just doesn't respond. I can still take pictures and I can still uh, focus using the autofocus function, but I can't review the pictures because again, the LCD screen does not light up. So I can't even see the pictures I've just taken. If I'm shooting in live view mode, which is how I shoot uh, my toy photography, it gets, you know, it just gets stuck on that. So the LCD screen is still on, but again, I can't access any menus. I can't change any settings. I can't review the pictures. I contacted Canon support about this issue and they said, they, they basically sent me back some instructions on how to do like a soft reset. They, and they said, you know, take your, Take your battery out, take your memory card out, hold the, turn it off, hold the shutter button for 20 seconds, uh, put in a Canon battery and turn it back on. And it worked. And so every time I would have this issue, which would just be like 
once every couple of weeks. I would do that and it would work. Then last week, I've been going out and doing nature shots a lot uh, this month so far because of my photography class. And it was starting to do this. It was starting to, sh- to exhibit this problem a lot more frequently. And this past Saturday, which was a week ago now, I was trying to do some some toy shots in my home studio and the it immediately started displaying this problem as soon as I turned the camera on. I, I got I didn't take any shots because it just immediately started acting up. And I went through the reset process and it didn't help. And I went through the recess process multiple times and it didn't fix it. So I got a hold of Canon again and they said, it sounds like the best option here is just going to be send it in for repairs and it'll take five to seven business days and then we'll send it back. And you can, they sent me a link and said, start the return process or the, you know, the repair process here. And in doing that, I discovered that it's a minimum of $180 for that. If, you know, they, they wanted $180, but then if they found other problems they had to fix, the price would would go up even higher. And again, if you're following me on Twitter, you know I don't have that kind of money right now. So that was just off the table. There was no way I could do that. And so I got, I was really upset over the weekend because I was, uh, I had assumed I had just lost access to my camera entirely. And, um, Yes, I, you know, using my phone as a substitute, um, definitely an option for toy photography, but it doesn't help me with my nature photography or anything like that. Um, so I was definitely pretty upset about all that, but I let it sit for a day and I I got up Sunday morning, um, and was able to get it to power on properly. And I kind of went through a, a, basically a factory reset of the camera and, I am happier to report that it's been a week and I still haven't had any issues. It's been working uh, properly ever since. So hopefully, hopefully I'm not going to have that issue anymore, or at least if it is going to continue doing that, um, it's infrequent and the soft reset method fixes it still. So did want to just clarify that, um, just in case there was anybody out there that was curious as to what was actually happening and why I thought uh, I no longer had a camera. But now that that's out of the way, let's go ahead and jump into today's topic, which is going to be basically what got me into not only toy photography, but photography in general. My initial interest in photography I've kind of always had a, a passing interest in it about ever since I entered my 20s I think um I would sometimes go out to like a nature preserve or a state park or 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 something like that and want to take some nature shots you know maybe some landscape shots or um pictures of all the wildlife you would see. And in addition to that, around that same time, my mom also got her first DSLR because she's also always had an interest in photography and she wanted to start doing portraits on the side. So I would often borrow her DSLR so I could go out and take nature shots. 
I must not have been interested enough to actually learn how to use a DSLR because I never did. I would just shoot on full auto, but still I, I went out to take the best shots that I could given my uh, limited knowledge. My ex-wife was also an amateur photographer. I actually met her because I was in a band at the time and she was friends with, with uh, my bandmates and we needed uh, promo pictures to post online and stuff and they asked her to do them. So that was the first time we actually met. But I never acted on the interest more than just, you know, like borrowing my mom's camera every now and then so I could do some nature shots. Collecting transformers, my interest in photography uh, grew because I started to want to take pictures of my collection. So it was about the time um, I had built up the built up a modest collection of generations figures from like the um prime wars trilogy and started getting some siege figures was when i really started to take pictures of the toys because i was interacting more online with other transformers fans um primarily on tfw uh, i was also on tumblr and i would frequent the transformer subreddit every now and then um and seeing Seeing all of the toy photography there is what started to drive my interest further. So, like I'm sure a lot of us photographers have done, I'd started out with just my phone. And I would just literally put a figure on the desk and take a picture of it. And seeing some of the um seeing some of the, the greats online is what drove me to start actually trying harder and actually thinking about the pictures I was taking. And so I would eventually, again, I wasn't like looking up techniques or, or learning anything about photography at all. I was just kind of experimenting and learning on my own. And I eventually started to consider things like lighting and shadows and, um, different edits, editing techniques. And, uh, the first, my first attempts at, uh, clean background pictures. I actually, at the time was using some black bookcases for my display instead of white. And I just took a cubby that was close to the bottom and I took all the figures off of it and I would put a figure in there and then shine a couple of floor lamps or desk lamps down on the floor at it and started po uh, taking pictures that way. This went on until um, probably uh, 2020, I think it was. And uh, I started to... I don't want to say that I got started to get bored of what I was doing, but I was, um, I think I was, I found my pictures were getting a little bit stagnant, I think. I, and I wanted to improve them. I, I wanted to improve and on TFW in, um, I think it's in the collection showcase forums. Actually, it's somewhere on TFW. There are some tutorials on, um, making DIY light boxes and stuff. And I finally decided I wanted to try that because I wanted to do 
really clean backgrounds. So in 2020, I built my first light box using a big cardboard box that I stole from where I worked and uh, some poster board as my backdrop. And uh, I used the material from an old bed skirt as my uh, light diffusers. And I just found some uh, desk lamps that I could shine through the holes. And uh, it worked out well sometimes. <laughs> I must not have been storing the, the poster board properly because it would get it would get like creases in it sometimes, which would cause um, really weird reflections on it from my lights. And I sometimes could edit them out and sometimes I couldn't. But that was when I really started to consider um, like trying. That's when I really started doing trying to do clean photography all the time. So I kept at that for a while and I feel like I really did improve a lot. This was also around the time I started to consider getting a DSLR. Um, I started to um, recognize the works of people like 6.0 and, and Toybox, Soapbox, Maz, you know, uh, the Triple Takeover guys, um, some other TFW users like Anubaku Rave. I recognized their stuff and I was like, I want to be more like this. I want to take stuff more like this. And I knew to do that, I was going to need something I had more control over like a DSLR. And so that was when I kind of first got the idea. Like I, I think I want to get a DSLR someday because I also would like to, um, I was also getting more of an interest in like nature photography and stuff at this around the same time. Unfortunately, around this time I was also preparing for a move. And so I couldn't, couldn't buy a camera then I just I because I you know I couldn't do any type of spending like that I had to save save for for a move and in November of 2020 I finally did move upon moving I did not bring my light box with me because it was kind of flimsy I didn't suspect it would survive the move so I went from light box photography to I basically just took out the box and instead of draping poster board in a box I just draped it from my wall. I set up a desk and I would just thumbtack some poster board to the wall and that was my setup. And I again, I would still use desk lamps and whatnot for light and I would just use um, less powerful light so that it, they didn't necessarily, the light didn't necessarily need to be diffused. And um, Again, I, I feel like I did improve a lot. I in, incorporated colored backgrounds instead of just, just plain white. And I think I really did get some good good shots that way. Summertime rolls around though, and I get um I've I've got some money saved up. I've got get some money for my birthday. And I finally took the plunge in July of 2021 and I bought my first DSLR. This I decided that it was finally time because I had the money, but also I have two friends who had recently prior to this got some DSLRs 
because they had uh, developed an interest in photography and I was seeing the stuff they were posting on Instagram and stuff that mostly nature photography. And it was, it was fantastic. I mean, they're amazing photographers and I was like, yeah, I have to, I have to be, I have to do this. I want to do this and to also have friends who do it. And then we could go out and do it together. Like I wanted to be a part of that. So the decision was made. And when I finally had the money, I finally bought my first Canon DSLR with just a standard 18 to 55 millimeter kit lens and a bunch of other uh, stuff that they threw with the starter kit. This was when I finally sat down and learned about photography. I actually started doing the research this time. So I was learning about the exposure triangle. You know, I, when I would borrow my mom's camera and I would see all the dials and buttons and all the readouts on the screen, I didn't know what any, any of that meant. And I decided now that I have my own and I spent all that money on it, I was going to know what that stuff meant. So I started learning about shutter speed and I started learning about aperture and I learned what ISO is. And then I started looking up YouTube tutorials and, and behind the scenes videos from other toy photographers so I could learn about uh, composition techniques, lighting techniques, editing techniques. I wanted to actually learn this time. And so I, I learned and even today, I'm still learning. Um, that that basically does bring us up to today. I so I, I was using the 18 to 55 kit lens for a while. Um, later that year, I bought a 75 to 300 telephoto lens off a friend of mine, which has been a great lens for my nature photography. Christmas time. Last year, I bought a 50 millimeter prime lens, which is the lens I primarily use for all of my toy photography now. Um, I started using Adobe products for editing, so I use Lightroom Classic for most of my edits, and then I use Photoshop for um, special effects, and I'm still learning how to use Photoshop properly. And that's one of the cool things about this hobby is that it's a constant learning journey. There's always new stuff to learn. I, uh, as you may have know, I've said it on Twitter. Um, I'm in my final semester of college and I took a photography class as an elective this semester because my college does have a, uh, has multiple digital media design degrees. And there is one that folk that has digital photography as a class. And I decided since I had room in my schedule, I would take it and I'm learning right now. We're just learning about Photoshop. So um, even though I have taught myself a lot in Photoshop, I am learning a lot about it still. And then actually within the next couple of weeks, we start our photography assignments. And that's what I'm really excited about. I don't plan on making this episode too technical of an episode in terms of photography, but I do think I will talk very briefly about um my styles, uh, as it were, or I guess my, um, my setups, because I shoot, um, a few different ways. I know there are, there are some toy photographies out, <laughs> toy photographies. 
There are some toy photographers out there who have a very distinct style and they stick with that. And, and that's, that's great. I, you know, you can always tell who the photographer, like once you know a photographer style, you can always tell their style. And I think it's really great. I, I just don't think I have a, I have mastered a style enough to stick with one. And so I'm still kind of branching out with multiple. So I have a few different methods for my shots I do clean background shots in black and white I do sometimes I do colored backgrounds I do shots with a digital background projected on a TV and I do occasionally I just do literally my room as the background and I have recently started a new technique that I shamelessly stole from K2 Transformers on Instagram go check him out of just using a background gradient color like a color gradient in Photoshop occasionally when I do um, when I do my clean backgrounds I and I'm plan on doing some behind the scenes videos for these to throw up on YouTube uh, soon. So be on the lookout for those. But I'll I'll explain them um, briefly here. I bought some acrylic sheets of acrylic on Amazon. I bought a two twelve by twelve white ones, and then I bought two twelve by twenty four black ones. Um, I use those as my base to set the the figure on. And if I'm going to do a white one, I will, I have a, a, a T-frame that I will hang uh, two sheets of white poster board from that I've glued together. And I will just drape them off the frame onto my table. And then I will set my um, plec- my acrylic on top of that. And, and I will place my figure on the, the, the acrylic. And the white offers a very subtle reflection of the figure. And then usually I've got my aperture set usually down to about 1.8, but sometimes up around four or five, maybe five, six. Um, and that usually puts the background out of focus enough that you can't see where the acrylic stops and the poster board begins. Um, and this offers a, a clean white background. That's not so white as to wash everything out. And, Doing it with black is almost the same, except instead of draping any poster board or anything like that down under my acrylic, I actually hang a piece of black fabric. It's a two two yard by one yard piece of poly blend fabric that I hang off my frame. And I will actually hang it as close to the wall as possible. And then I will bring my table forward about two feet from that. And in doing it that way means that when my I, I have my lights shining on my subject, none of that light is reflecting off of the black fabric. So it just shows up as solid black in the in the the image. And again, the the black acrylic offers a very nice reflection of the subject that um, I think looks really nice. The only downside to using black is by the time you get the image into a photo editing software, 
it's almost impossible to get all the little tiny specks of dust and hair off of it. So they do show up, but it's, it's really easy to edit them out. And then when I do black, I sometimes will throw in some smoke or sparks and stuff in Photoshop. Um, I have one, one image for sparks and one image for smoke. I haven't found a way of doing that better yet because I just, I haven't sat down and, and researched it yet. And, uh, I'll, I'll do glowing eyes and sometimes glowing weapons too. That'll I think I'll, I'll do a video on those as well on my uh, methods for doing that with the projected image. I have uh, an old 32 inch TV. It's an older one. So it's a little thicker in the future. I would love to get a new, maybe even a 43 inch TV. That's a lot thinner. I have one in my living room right now. That's a lot thinner than the one I use for photography. Um, and this will probably, probably be more for when I'm, um, in a new house, but I'd like to have a TV that I can mount to, um, the wall where I do my shots with a swivel attachment that I can switch it between landscape and portrait modes, you know, cause the portrait modes would, or the landscape mode works for wide shots, but I would, I need the, uh, landscape or the portrait mode of no landscape portrait. God, <laughs> I'm getting all mixed up. I'm saying too many words at once. The landscape mode is good for wide shots. The portrait mode I need for taller figures like Titans and combiners. But what I do is I, I have found some items that I can stand that TV on. And then I use my black acrylic on top of the table and I put the table up against the TV and it's, it's lined up so that the acrylic lines up right at the bottom edge of the screen. And then I have my laptop hooked up to the TV with an HDMI cable and I pick an image and I just display it on the TV. Sometimes it's actual scenery, mountains and stuff like that. And sometimes it's just kind of like a space background because it looks cool. And then when I have that acrylic there, it very subtly reflects that same image on the acrylic. Um, not, not a perfect reflection. It's not a mirrored image. It, it is very blurry and textured. Um, because just because the light's not reflecting it perfectly that I think just adds a really nice effect to the overall image. And then I usually have my aperture again, pretty wide so that the image that is displayed on the TV is not very sharp. It, it'll be more blurred. And I think that I just think it comes out really well. And then if I'm not going to do anything with a background like that, I, I just, I leave about a three or four foot space behind my table so that the background is very blurry, but th that, that adds a sort of depth to the picture. Some that I, I don't want to always shoot like that, but, but every now and then it, it adds a sort of depth to the picture that I really like. Uh, the, the colored gradients, I just, I, is, I do the same as my black background shots, but then I just add the gradient in, in Photoshop. That's, uh, I think that's about all I'm, uh, doing for now. I like to change it up. I, I haven't really mastered one technique that I think people would see and be like, that's definitely TF Starfire's work right there. But I do feel like, um, it keeps me from getting bored of my images and hopefully keeps other people from getting bored of my images. If I, if I change it up every now and then. Dark, excessive, time, limited. 
Well, that's going to do it for today's episode. That was my um, introduction to the hobby of photography and a little brief overview of my shooting styles. I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, Be sure to subscribe so you can be updated for future episodes. If you're not already, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Links will be in the description. I will post my link tree that has links to all of my socials as well as my YouTube channel. It'll also link to my additional socials. I also have a dedicated Twitter and Instagram for my nature photography. If you would like to give that a follow as well, they will be in my link tree. And before I go, if you noticed in today's episode, my intro was a bit faster. So cooking dinner one night, I asked my girlfriend if she'd had a chance to listen to any of the episodes yet. And she told me that she did listen to the first episode and that she must have been on a time crunch. And also, I probably um, leave a lot of gaps in my speech. And she was listening to the episode sped up. And she said, like, I couldn't remember if I was on like one and a quarter or one and a half times speed. But I really liked the sound of I really liked your intro song when it was sped up. So I was like, "Okay, let's give it a shot. And I listened to it sped up at like one and a half times speed and and one and a quarter. And I, I, I found that at one and a quarter, it actually did sound pretty good. So I sped my intro up to uh, like about one and a quarter time speed to put in this episode. And I would love to hear back from the listeners. Tell me what you prefer. Um, hit me up on Twitter. Send me a DM. Comment on the YouTube video. Do you think it sounds better, slower or faster? As it is right now, I think I might stick to the faster one for the podcast, but use the same one slowed down for YouTube videos, or maybe I'll do it vice versa. I'm going to experiment with it, but I would love to hear back. Let me know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter. Send me a DM. Tell me if you liked it better, slower or faster. Offer expires while you wait. Operators are standing by. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to the Starfire Photography Podcast, episode three. I am your host, TF Starfire of Starfire Photography. Please be sure and join me again in a couple weeks. I have no idea what next episode is going to be, but I'm sure it's going to be fun. Thank you all and have a wonderful day.